Awesome. Well, what a fantastic day, and it's just great to be able to celebrate mothers and to have fun as a church family, and, uh, and particularly to honor uh, different mums. And of course, there's so many other mums we could have honored, but uh, we, we chose four, and uh, I think you can see that each one of them deserve to be acknowledged. And uh, I think one of the things that's exciting is that God sees every one of us and knows what all of us do in secret. I just want to share with you something just out of John chapter 4, if you have a Bible with you. Uh, our theme is painting the town red. That's why I've got so many people wearing red. And, uh, but I want to just pick up a, just a, a brief story about a, a person whose life was impacted by Jesus Christ, and she literally turned the town upside down. And many times we read stories in the Bible, we, we don't sort of uh, get the feel of what it was like or what really happened in there, it just becomes a story. But this particular story is an encounter that a woman had with Jesus Christ that changed her life. Uh, Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. So Jesus declared he had a mission. He didn't just come to just talk or to preach messages. He came to find people who are disconnected from God people who are no sense of destiny, no sense of purpose, are cut off from the life that God can bring. And the Bible describes people like that as being lost. He said, the Son of Man's come to seek and find that which is lost. And God has not changed. He still seeks people out who need to find a home, need to find their way back to God, find their way into relationship with God, find their way back into the purpose that they were designed for. And this is a story of such a woman. And in the story, we read it in John chapter 4, and it says in verse 3, he left Judea and departed to Galilee, and he needed to go through Samaria. And he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground. Jacob gave his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. And Jesus was wearied from his journey, and he sat by the well about the sixth hour. That's the middle of the day, very hot. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan, seeing a woman, seeing the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? And Jesus answered and said, If you knew the gift of God, and if you knew who it is that is saying to you, Give to me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And so Jesus goes on in verse 13, he said, Whoever drinks this water, the natural water, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I give him will never thirst. The water I give him shall be a well, a well or a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. And the woman said, Give me that water. The, the Bible tells that Jesus took a, a road, the most direct path, through Samaria. So in order to understand the significance of the story, we need to look at two things. We need to look at where he was, the environment he was in, the people he was with, and also the woman herself. And then when we see the impact of an encounter with Jesus Christ on this woman and the tremendous change, we find as we read through the story that her whole city was changed because on that day she had a personal encounter that transformed her life. Jesus was going through a place called Samaria, and so the people there were Samaritans. And notice what the woman says. She said, how come you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? 
So when we look back in history, we find that the Samaritans were despised and hated by the Jews. Jews looked down on them. Jews had no dealings whatsoever with them. And this woman was very aware of it. When you went back in history, this uh, particular area called Samaria was the northern kingdom of Israel. And uh, in the time when the Assyrians invaded Israel, they took and they literally took the people away from the land. They took them away in captivity to Babylon. And what they did was they sent five tribes, foreign tribes, alien tribes of people to go in and settle in their land. And later on, some of the Jews made their way back from Babylon and they made their way back into this area and they intermarried with these five alien tribes. And the mixture of people that came out of that were not pure Jews They were a mix of these alien tribes and the Jewish people, and they were called Samaritans. And not only were they of mixed blood, but also they had mixed beliefs. So they also worshipped and they believed in the God of Abraham, but they worshipped and had such a mixture of beliefs. And so the Jews, looking at them, looked down on them as a people that were mixed breed, therefore unwanted, and of foreign or strange religious beliefs, And so they totally, totally rejected them. So when Jesus, as a man and as a Jewish rabbi, began to interact with this woman, she was astonished that someone of his stature would talk with her. One, because he was a Jew. Two, because he was a male. Three, because he was a rabbi. She never expected he would interact with her. But no matter where Jesus was, no matter how tired he was, no matter what was happening in his life, and obviously he was tired and he was hungry, he was sitting there resting after a heavy ministry journey, yet he always had time for people. God has always got time for you. No matter what situation you're walking through, what you're experiencing, God has time for you. No matter what your background, God is willing to meet with you. No matter where you've come from. I remember when I went to South Africa and uh, I, the Lord asked me to speak to a group of people called the colored people, which are a mixture of black and a mixture of white. And I remember saying, well, God, what can I say? And the Lord drew me to a story about a mixed background or mixed races of people and how God raised this man up to be a great leader. So God doesn't look where we come from. He sees our potential, what we can be. And so this woman, first of all, she was a Samaritan and therefore she was despised. The second thing we observe as we read through the story is we find she's there at the middle of the day, and she's there for a reason. She's trying to avoid the people. In those days, they didn't have cell phones, of course. What they would do is they'd meet at the well in the evening or early morning when it was cool, and the whole, all the women would come out, and they'd bring their vessels and come out and fill up at the well, and then it was a great time to talk, and they'd gossip and talk about everything that was going on in town, and she refused to go there at that time. Rather, she went in the middle of the day when it was extremely hot to draw water. And she went there because she wanted to avoid people. Many people are in hiding like this woman. She was ashamed of her life. Not just of being a Samaritan, but as we read through the story, we find she'd been married five times and now she's living with a man. Five times she'd come up with hope of a future with some man, and five times her dreams had been disappointed. Literally five times, it doesn't say where the husband's died or just abandoned her. It's most likely they abandoned her. So you can imagine what it was like for this woman 
Five times she had hoped to find support. She had hoped to find something that would give security to her life, someone that would stand with her in life's journey, someone that would protect her and provide for her. And five times men made promises. Then they broke the promises and rejected and abandoned her. That is the condition of so many people today. They've literally been orphaned. No one to protect them, hearts shattered and hearts broken. And like this woman, have looked in relationships to try and find something to quench the thirst to be loved. This woman had a deep thirst, not just a natural thirst for water. There was a deep thirst for love, a deep thirst for dignity as a person. Can you imagine how shattering it is to enter into a marriage relationship and then to have it broken not once, but five times. She's given up all hope that any man would treat her with respect and value. She's finally living with a man, and she's become the reproach of the city. That's why she's there in the middle of the day. That's why she's there when there's no one else there, because she can't stand the looks they give her. Some of you would know what it's like to feel rejected, to feel unwanted, to feel... Looked down upon by others. It's quite common that when people have judgments in their heart, they communicate it in the way they look at you, the way they respond to you. And there are many things that can cause us to feel that way. And this for this woman, interestingly, the Bible tells us five husbands, literally one for every tribe that the enemy had put into the land that the people had intermarried with. So this woman had five broken relationships literally representing one of each of the defiling tribes that had, had affected the whole destiny of this people. Yet Jesus showed his concern for them. One of the most amazing things about Jesus is his desire to restore people. No matter where we've come from, no matter what our background, no matter what uh, tribe or country or whatever kind of mix, whatever circumstances surrounding our birth, he is always still willing to walk in and redeem us. Notice what he says to her. He said, whoever drinks of this water <coughs> shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I give him shall never thirst. The water shall become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus not only encounters people who are broken, he's raising up people who carry revival. I want you to see with this woman that the result of her encounter with Jesus is not someone who just came along to church meetings, not someone who kept her encounters secret, but this woman was totally transformed by encountering Jesus Christ. We see there he promised to give her living water. It's the same promise he makes to you. He promises to put his spirit in your heart and life. You know, when we're without Jesus Christ, when we live our life without God, We've got to find something to fill the thirst. People turn to relationships. They turn to career. They look for positions. They look for finance. They look for property. look for all kinds of things. But nothing can satisfy that emptiness in the soul. I've mingled with people who have more money than you can ever imagine, beyond what you can imagine, and yet a desperate emptiness inside. It's a thirst which is spiritual. Only God can meet. And there'll be some of you here today, and you're thirsting inside. And the place to go to get that thirst quench is to go to God, is to let Him put inside you a well, and then you live out of that well of the Spirit of God inside you. So no matter where you are, you are a carrier of the life of God. I see so many Christians, and they've tasted 
of the presence of God, tasted of the well of life that Jesus offers, but they never go on. They never keep drinking from that well. They never keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit and staying alive with fire and passion. That influences the community. And that's what God is raising up. God is raising up people who not just experience them, but they'll live out of that well every day, learning how to live full of the Holy Spirit and influencing the people around them. Amazing thing about this woman, Jesus put a finger on the area of her life. He never condemned her. He just said there's a need for change. And there is a need for change. Many of us are not living to the fullness of our potential because there's things in our life are sapping away our passion for God, sapping away the life of God. Too many compromises, too many other things. Life filled with too many things. And there's no time left for God for a relationship with someone who loves you and has a destiny working through you to change the lives of others. What God gives to us is not just for ourselves, it's for others. It's the benefit of others. Your destiny is to bring freedom to the people who live in your world. That's your destiny. Your destiny is to bring freedom that Christ offers to the people in your world. That's what God's plan for you. I wonder how many have shared anything about the life that Jesus offers. Interesting, it says there, it says we go down and we just read through and shorten this. It went down there and we see verse 28. The woman left her water pot and went away to the city to speak to the men saying, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Is this the Christ? Notice she left the water pot. The water pot was a symbol of what she was drinking from. It was a symbol of what was sustaining her life. It was a symbol of the things that she was drawing from. It also symbolized the shame and powerlessness in her life. And now many people drink from all kinds of things, but there's a need for the life God gives. When it says she left her water pot, it tells us this. She had a total change in her priorities. An encounter with Jesus Christ is meant to change the priorities in life. It's meant to give you a different perspective. Encountering Jesus Christ, is, there's a call to change what's first in your life. He says, if you'll seek first my kingdom and living right with me, he said, everything you need that everyone else is worried about will be attracted into your life. An amazing promise that God makes in Matthew 6, 33. So the first thing that changes her priorities. No longer is she concerned about those things that are temporary. Now she's got her eyes on something that's eternal that can sustain her. The second thing that changed was her focus. No longer is she focused on herself. You see, she's hiding away from everyone. She's ashamed. She doesn't want to talk to people. He wants to avoid them. Her life is so embarrassing. And she had now an encounter with Jesus Christ that so deeply impacted her, she's not thinking about herself anymore. You know what she wants to do? She wants to let others know that there is a living God who can change your life. That is an amazing thing. This woman, you would think she's probably the lowest person in the whole community, and that's the one Jesus encounters. No coincidence that she'd be married five times, one representing each of the tribes that had invaded the nation. It shows that no matter what's happened, God can reach down and transform your life. You read about what happened. She went to the city and she began to speak. Primarily before that, all she was concerned about, can I have someone to love me? Can I make a relationship work? Can I avoid pain? Can I just let my needs be met? Now she's thinking, 
I have a life. I have a destiny. I've met someone and he has changed me. I've been transformed on the inside. And she's going there. No more shame. You can imagine the shame she carried. The shame of failed relationships. But now she's full of the life of God. No more shame. You know, when the life of God's in you, you don't have to be ashamed. Jesus takes away the shame. He brings you, fills you with his spirit so you can have life. That's his desire as you bring that life to others. The Bible says many believed because of a testimony. Many. Many believed because they saw this woman and her life was changed and she was not ashamed to say what God had done in her life. I found a a strange thing about Kiwis. They're reluctant to share what God has done in their life. Reluctant to boldly testify, my life has changed. I am different now that I've received Christ. And it's not some old testimony, it's current. Right now, today, God has been touching my life. If you've been a Christian many years, you need a current testimony of what God is doing. And if there is no current testimony, then probably you're drinking of some old water pot that can't satisfy. But when we start to set our heart to pray and reach out to God and start to build that life with God, He talks to us. He starts to fill your pot. He starts to put something in you that He intends He will carry into the city and paint it red with the blood of Christ. He wants you to carry that life. The Bible says, Many, now listen to this, Jesus' plan was to just pass through Samaria. But because of this woman, he stayed two days. In other words, he changed his plans because one woman's hunger, one woman's encounter, and her willingness to share with others triggered off a move of God in that town. One woman was all it took to change that town. And the Bible says afterwards, many more believed after they listened to Jesus. You know, every person who's encountered Christ has a testimony of what he's done. When you share that testimony of what God has done in your life, that is a powerful word to change someone. Some of you have been delivered of drugs. There are people need to hear your testimony. They need to know the power of God is available to set people free. Some of you have suffered loss. You need to know that our God loves on people and heals their grief. Some of you have been betrayed and let down. People need to hear that you have broken through betrayal and you are full of joy and the love of God. People need to hear your story. Your story is powerful. It's okay for preachers to preach. That's a role some are called to do. But I tell you what, everyone is called to tell his story about what Jesus did in their life. You are called to tell that story. It's time to get reignited in God, to have a fresh encounter with Him and start to share what God is doing in your life. It's time to get passionate for Him again. We have a city in desperate need. We have a region in desperate need. But who will be like that woman? who will encounter the Lord and say, God, I will carry what you have given me and share it and make it available to others. I love just hearing about what Judy Ann has done. And there's others doing similar kinds of things, taking what God has given them and not saying, I can't do that, not making up excuses, but they left the water pot and say, I want people to know what Jesus can do to change lives. This woman 
brought revival to her city because she shared what God did in her. Revival starts when you have an encounter with the Lord and start to share with others and bring hope to them. Why don't we just close our eyes right now? I want to challenge you with two or three questions. The first one, I want to just ask you very simply what the Holy Ghost has been speaking to you about today in your personal life. What is God stirring? What is he challenging you with? You've heard the story of a woman that no one wanted from a people group that no one wanted. And yet, God chose her to bring revival. Why wouldn't he choose you to bring revival to the place you work or the place you live or the community? What would need to happen in you? Are there water pots you're drinking from? Too much television, too much alcohol, too much nicotine, too much of this, too much of that. And the passion and fire for God is no longer there. The well has been filled in. It's time for you to repent and start to get back into prayer and let the well of life inside you be stirred again. Praying in the Holy Ghost, time in the Word of God, listening for God, engaging Him personally. This woman wasn't spectator. She engaged with Jesus vigorously. I wonder today if there's any person here who's come and perhaps you're not yet a Christian. You're living your life without the reality of God's love and presence in your life. It's a very difficult journey. It's a very uncertain journey living without a sense of purpose, living without a sense of eternal hope. Jesus came and died on the cross so that the power of sin that separates us from God could be broken. He rose from the dead after three days. He totally defeated the power of sin. And his offer to you today is very simple. To everyone who received Jesus Christ and believed on him, put their trust in him. He gives power to become a child of God. I'm inviting you today to open your life to Jesus Christ. And instead of just following your own way, make a decision in your heart, you'll respond to Jesus. To become a follower of him, get to know him, participate in what he's doing. His work is changing lives. When you connect to Jesus, he activates in you a destiny of touching the lives of other people. Perhaps there's someone here today ready to receive Jesus Christ. Just to make that first step, everything takes one decision to start a change in your life. I'd love you to make that decision today to receive Jesus Christ. I'll lead you in a prayer. And from that day on, your life begins to change with that first step. Then there's another step and another step. And as you walk with God, your life turns around totally. You're a blessing to people because you carry a well of life within you. Is there anyone here at that point? Make that decision today. You've come today and perhaps you've been thinking about life and about things and you're ready to receive Jesus. Would you raise your hand right now? Just say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become a Christian. Would you raise your hand right now? 
Just raise your hand. Say, I want to become a Christian. I want to give my life to Jesus. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about becoming a Christian. Would you raise your hand today? Say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want that well of life in me. I want God's Spirit in me. I want to be joined to the Spirit of God. Is there anyone here? Just raise your hand clearly so I can see. So their eyes are closed. One of there's others here today, and you know that the well that once flowed in you is no longer flowing. And too many other things have come in. And you felt God speak to you today to have a change in mind and priorities and do something about that. If that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand? God's speaking to me in that way. God bless. God bless. Father, today I thank you that you have not changed, that your power is here to transform lives today, just like it transformed that woman. I think no matter what our circumstances, you are able to ignite a fire in us, that as we share what you are doing in our lives, it will change our community for the better. It will bring hope to them. It will bring life to them. And as we share boldly, you will visit with us in our city. Our city will become a habitation, a place where God's presence changes lives, where miracles are normal. We thank you, Lord, for this great day that's ahead for us. And everyone said, Amen. God bless. Why don't we stand finished with the song right now?